stocks, bonds, ETFs, straight out of downtown Chicago. This is Zach's Market Edge. Welcome to Zach's Market Edge, the podcast about investing in your life. I'm your host, Tracy Reinick, and today I'm going solo to talk about the stock market sell-off, the coronavirus issues, and to give you some hope. Because we all got some hope this week when Warren Buffett was on CNBC for a couple hours with Becky Quick, just talking about stocks, his investing philosophy in general, and about what's going on with the stock market right now with this sell-off. So it's always good to check in with Warren Buffett, even if you love him or hate him, he has amazing amount of investing experience. And during times of volatility and um, drama in the stock market, that is who we want to hear from. So I personally was very pleased to wake up on Monday morning and see him on TV with Becky just chatting away and giving his philosophy. And I thought it would be a good idea to go over what his philosophy is because, of course, it makes like perfect sense. The rest of us are panicking. He never does. And it's good to get a reminder in case you didn't see the interview and you're not uh, over on CNBC.com to check it out. You can go over there and watch it because they are replaying it. Um, what should you do right now with the stock market sell-off? We were just seemingly days ago at new all-time highs, and many of us were complaining that we kept hitting new highs every day, and some of it was not really warranted given the economic news and other things that were going on. And now we finally have the sell-off, and so now the other question comes in, like, what do what do I do? Do I buy here? Is this the bottom? Will it get worse? You know, should I be in stocks at all? All of these questions come out. So what was Warren Buffett saying? Um, basically, he goes to the very basics, right? That as a stock investor, you're not just buying the stock. You are literally an owner in the business. And he says this all the time, and he said it for dozens and dozens of years now. But a lot of people forget that, maybe because we're trading stocks on our phone now. So that doesn't seem like you own anything, right? You're just like pressing and, you know, sending money here and taking money there. And, you know, the ticker is appearing on your phone and maybe you follow this group of tickers, but you don't really think about the underlying business so much, especially if you're trading in these stocks. But even as investors, because so many of us own ETFs, which isn't a business, right? Like if I own the S&P 500, I'm not really thinking about the underlying businesses that's in that ETF that I own. But for those of us who do own some individual companies, um, it's a good reminder that you actually are an owner in that business as a shareholder. So he just points out, um, you know, as an owner, should you be panicking just because there's some blip in the business that's going on, some event that's short term? His answer would be, um, no. And he said, don't buy or sell your business based on headlines, right? Because that would make sense too. If I'm running a factory that's making some widgets, I'm not really noticing so much what is 
in the headline news, unless, of course, it's affecting somewhat my widgets. Now, the coronavirus is having some impact on the global economy now, and it will have on some businesses more than others. But those may be short-term impacts and not long-term. Because remember, the long-term outlook for most businesses hasn't really changed. And if you think about some of the businesses that have been in business for well over 100 years, they innovate, they change with what's going on in their particular business, but their uh, outlook, um, you know, their business is still ongoing even 100 years or more. So take one of Warren Buffett's most favorite companies, Coca-Cola. They're basically still just making Coca-Cola like they were decades ago. Our, um, you know, grandparents and in some cases, great grandparents, maybe even were drinking the Coca-Cola. We're still drinking the Coca-Cola today. So some of things like that aren't really going to change. And I would also uh, encourage people to think about what are which of their businesses have good fundamentals as well, who can ride out any kind of short-term disruptions which hopefully this, that's what this is going to be. And uh, that means that they have low debt. They may have some cash on hand. You know, they have good fundamentals where they're not going to be stressed if, for instance, their sales are down 2% or 3% in one quarter or maybe even two quarters. So keep that in mind too. Take a realistic look at your portfolio, at the companies that you own, at those businesses and think um, what ones, you know, can withstand some kind of short-term blips, short-term volatility and who's going to run into a little bit of trouble because then those might be ones you don't want to own during these kinds of conditions. Um, Also, remember that uh, most of these kinds of events don't, like I said, really change the business that much. I remember after 9-11, I actually was uh, scheduled to buy my first house. And it was either the day after on September 12th or September 13th. I can't remember exactly if it was the day after, but there were questions given what had happened on 9-11, whether or not the banks would even be able to send uh, my money to the, you know, the lawyers handling the closing on the house and whether or not the banks were even going to be open. And it was unclear if I was going to be able to close right then because a lot of things were shut down, even in Chicago, which is where I was at the time, not even New York City. And it turns out that the banks were operating and the lawyers and the title guy and everybody else showed up for the closing and I was able to close right um, after 9-11. So, you know, sometimes there's these events that happen and it if you're thinking longer term like you would be buying a house or buying a stock if you're investing in the stock, then uh, you have to think a little bit longer term that uh, these short term like kind of panic events won't really matter in the longer haul. Um, Another thing is 
with this kind of pullback that we're seeing, it seems a little scary, right? We've seen over 5% in the S&P 500, and it's over 7% in the Dow now. And maybe when you're listening to this, it might even be a little bit more than that. But the S&P 500 has had 26 5% pullbacks since the March 2009 lows. So since we hit that low in the Great Recession, after that, then it's actually pulled back 26 other times by 5%. And some of the pullbacks were multiple months. And the largest was as large as 21% during that time period off of a high. So... um, We've done this before, and so it always seems scary whenever it happens again because we haven't had one in a while since December 2018. Remember that one on Christmas Eve with the stock market only open for half a day session and the stocks plunging to basically what was a new low. I think it actually hit the low on December 26th when it reopened after Christmas, but um, that month of December was the worst December in decades for the for the stock market. And that was really hard. But now we're we're past that by over a year and we've forgotten how that feels. And we've been hitting new highs uh many days here in 2020. So it's a little shocking to get the pullback that many people have been thinking was coming, but now it's here. And some of the reasons for those other 26 pullbacks are kind of interesting when you look back on like what caused the pullbacks before. So a couple of the pullbacks early right after 2009, um, the bottom was hit. So in like 2010 or so, some of those uh, pullbacks were simply because stocks were too hot. Like the ra- this this rally is too big. It needs a timeout. So it got one. So that was apparently the reason for some of those. Um, another one was in, I think it was 2011 was when the U.S. debt got downgraded. Remember that? And then we had a budget impasse and there was going to be no budget. And so that was all like super kind of crazy and stocks kind of got hammered during that time period. Then remember the Eurozone debt crisis. Remember Greece? Greece was going to go under. They weren't going to leave the Eurozone. They weren't going to be bailed out. And stocks had the pullback on that. Then by the time we got to like 2015, we had crude, the oil plunge crude selling off big and a lot of layoffs associated with that. And that really brought down stocks for a little while. And then more recently, including in 2018, we had worries over the trade war. And then we had Tariff Man. Remember when he was was on Twitter, the president calling himself Tariff Man. And so people were really scared then. And we had another big pullback then. So those are just a few of the examples of what gave us the pullbacks. And um, ultimately, stocks stopped falling and then rebounded, and we had more new highs off of those. So there's no guarantee that we will get a new high, obviously, Um, but we've had this happen 26 times. It is healthy for the stock market to have pullbacks. It was getting a little frothy here in 2020, a little bit too much optimism maybe. So it's good to have a little bit of uh, conservatism come back in possibly. And now this leads me to the next idea that Warren Buffett always talks about. And he talked about it 
here this week as well when he said you should have cash on hand. So Berkshire Hathaway has about 20% of their business in cash right now. It's his largest cash hoard. Everybody knows Buffett's problem that he couldn't and hasn't been able to find very much to buy either in stocks or to buy outright in companies. So he's just kind of sitting there with over $100 billion in cash and growing, waiting for his opportunity. But if you don't have cash, you're not buying anything when there is a pullback. So cash is still king. Let's call it what it is. And that is what makes Warren Buffett one of the better investors. When everybody else gets all distressed or needs a bailout, who do they call? They call Warren Buffett, of course, because they know he is sitting on the cash much like a bank is. And he loans it out much like a bank like he did not too long ago to Occidental Petroleum, remember that, where he just loaned them $10 billion so they could buy Anadarko at very favorable rates, I might add, to Berkshire Hathaway shareholders. So that's also your advantage when you have cash and there's some kind of pullback in the stock market is that uh, you get better terms. You get stocks at much better level because you have the cash and no one else does. So that will really give you an advantage the same way it gives him an advantage. And so this brings up uh, whether or not this is a buying opportunity. It's only been a couple days of a downturn here. It's been a little bit swift so far. Some people think it'll be swift and then we'll be done with it and we'll see a rebound and that may happen. Um, stocks were overextended, as I said, going into this sell-off. So that makes me a little more cautious that we could see a little bit more extended of a downturn than some other people are thinking, but they may be right or I may be right. So you got to just be ready with a list of stocks that you are wishing on, right? Because as we've been hitting these new highs, all I've been hearing from people on StockTwits and Twitter is, oh, I wish I had bought Visa, you know, four months ago, or oh, if only I'd bought Microsoft a year ago, or oh, I really wanted to get some of those software plays, but now they've run too high. So now, now is the time to put all these on your list and figure out what will you pay for these stocks and um, how much cheaper do they have to go with, uh, you know, before you decide to dive in. I don't think we're at capitulation yet. Um, usually capitulation was, is when everybody gets really terrified and that is when you see the blood in the streets. I don't think we're there quite yet. This is uh, very new in the pullback, but um, still, uh, like I said, always good to have the wish list. So what is on your wish list? I put together a list of a couple stocks here, things that I feel investors should be thinking about when they're putting together their list. You have the key stocks that may be the growth names that got ahead and that on a pullback you would be buying. So there's those. And one of those that I think people should be watching is Facebook, ticker FB. I do own it in my own personal portfolio. It's down 7.8% so far in this uh, pullback. And um, the thing that's interesting about it, I feel, is that if you get some kind of disruption in your life and maybe you have to stay indoors and work from home or your kids are home from school, what are they going to be on? 
what are they going to do all day? And Facebook got it has the WhatsApp, so you can stay in touch with people globally. You have Instagram, so you can scroll through, kind of keep busy. And of course, Facebook, where you can also keep in touch with friends and family, find out how everybody's doing. Of course, you can just call them or text them too, but you'll be bored sitting around um, indoors possibly. So uh, if that comes to pass, Facebook could be um, a beneficiary, so to speak, at least people will need something to do. So keep that in mind when you're thinking about some of these stocks on your list. Um, Another one, well, some of these others are just ones that could get hit hard here on uh, further disruptions to the global economy. And energy is just getting hammered here. Um, Yes, it's getting hammered even more on top of it was already hammered. (laughs) So energy has been hated for several years, as we know. And it saw some capitulation last December when some of the stocks were hitting literally 20-year lows. Then it rebounded pretty considerably off that into 2020 because the global economy was doing pretty well. But now on fears, again, that we're going to see a bigger, at least short-term, slowdown here. Crude is uh, weak, and a lot of the energy stocks are hitting new lows again. So if you are an energy fan, you might want to keep some on your list. I already mentioned Occidental, tickers OXY. That just recently hit new 52-week lows on this pullback. It is paying an 8% dividend, but it hasn't reported earnings yet. I don't know if that dividend is safe. So tune into those earnings if you're considering this one and uh, find out what's happening there. But 8% dividend, and but shares continue to be on the slide. So again, I'm not sure there's been capitulation in any of these names I'm talking about here. Another one that's down 10% in this recent pullback is Expedia, EXPE. It just announced 3,000 layoffs. Uh, You don't want to hear that. That's never good. Um, And then they said they're going to take a $30 million hit from the coronavirus. That doesn't sound too bad, but a lot of stories being written about the lack of travel right now, especially in Southeast Asia. Obviously, no one's going to China right now. There was just a elevated travel warning to South Korea now. Um, Japan has one, but it's not as elevated. So these kinds of companies like Expedia, the online travel companies, hotels, um, anything in hospitality, leisure is going to see a big pullback here. So like I said, Expedia, EXPE, already down 5% or 10% in the last week, and this could see further declines. I took a look at Royal Caribbean, same kind of situation. You're not likely to go on that trip right now or you're going to postpone it. So they could see some issues, Royal Caribbean, RCL, They're down 18% over the last five sessions now over the last week, and um, those shares still on the slide. So keep that on your wish list if you're interested in some of these um, travel type of stocks. I took a look at the airlines. They're all getting hit pretty hard. United, UAL, is uh, one of the ones I like a lot. They do have some Asian exposure. They've already canceled flights for several months to um, Hong Kong, China, and 
Um, they have the Boeing Max issue as well. Shares are down 12% over the last week for them. But all of these are, as you know, getting cheaper here. So I kind of like that, but I'm a value investor. And even if you're a growth investor, some of those growth names are going to come down off their highs too. So if you thought they were at nosebleed levels before, might be worth having on your wish list to have a second look here because a lot of them um, are getting cheaper here. So keep them on your list. And again, the stocks that I just uh, was casually looking at were the energies. Another one you might want to keep on your list is XOP. That's the energy ETF for the ENPs. So it does not include like Exxon and Chevron. It does include like an Occidental and an EOG, those kinds of companies where they're just drilling and producing both natural gas and oil, but natural gas is at record lows as well, prices. <laughs> so that's not helping them either. So XOP just hit a new low, but again, it might not be capitulation here yet if you want to just go by the ETF and not the individual companies. Um, Expedia, there's a couple others in that category too, including like TripAdvisor, TravelZoo, um, booking.com. They have not reported yet. I own Booking BKNG in my own personal portfolio. I'm kind of surprised at how well they're holding up here. They're uh, down around the Expedia amount, about 10%, but um, formerly known as Priceline, they have exposure globally, obviously. So listening to what they say on the conference call, it's going to be a key one. But you might be able to get these shares a lot cheaper in the next um, you know, couple of weeks here, depending on what happens with the overall market. So booking.com, BKNG. Facebook, like I said, I like some of the social media stocks here. You could also probably add in um, whatever other one you like to use a lot and um, other things that you may want if you're um, kind of you know stuck at home, like Netflix, NFLX is that one. They aren't down as much here either, probably for that reason, because you may be streaming a lot more if um, you know you can't go out. So Netflix in that category, and then of course the airlines. I just mentioned United, but a lot of the other ones will be some of your favorites, you know, Southwest, Delta, JetBlue, they're all going to be kind of in the same boat. And Royal Caribbean, RCL, also likely um, to be in the same boat along with Carnival and um, Norwegian and the hotel chains. And I'm sure I'm missing some other ideas in there, but these are all possible wish list type of stacks. So keep Warren Buffett's advice in mind. Remember, you are an owner. You own that business. What's happening with the business? Eh, some, maybe some not good things, depending on the business, right? But it hopefully will be only a short-term downturn. You might be able to get shares even cheaper. And then if you're an owner and you're owning for many, many years, um, this kind of uh, sell-off will not be as big of an impact on your investment as you may think it is. So keep all that in mind and watch those Warren Buffett interviews because it does help on days like um, we're seeing right now with this kind of volatility in the stock market to uh, keep calm and remember 
these investing lessons. So again, the stocks, let me just repeat one more time. Occidental, O-X-Y, Expedia, E-X-P-E, Facebook, F-B, United, U-A-L, Royal Caribbean, R-C-L. And I will have more next week on the Market Edge podcast. So um, you don't want to miss a single thing. Hopefully I'm going to corral uh, John Blank here and bring him back on. He was already on a couple of weeks ago talking about the coronavirus when we talked about whether or not this would be some kind of black swan event. And so it'll be good to possibly, you know, snag him to have him come back on. So that's what I'm looking for. So you don't want to miss a single episode. Join us on SoundCloud. I know many of you already subscribed there. We are on Apple Podcasts. We're on Spotify. Um, But get us somewhere so you don't miss any of it. And I'll see you again next week with some more stocks. This material is being provided for informational purposes only, and nothing herein constitutes investment, legal, accounting, or tax advice, or a recommendation to buy, sell, or hold a security. Do not act or rely upon the information and advice given in this podcast without seeking the services of competent and professional legal, tax, or accounting counsel. Publication and distribution of this podcast is not intended to create, and the information contained herein does not constitute an attorney-client relationship. No recommendation or advice is being given as to whether any investment or strategy is suitable for a particular investor. It should not be assumed that any investments in securities, companies, sectors, or markets identified described were or will be profitable. All information is current as of the date herein and is subject to change without notice. Any views or opinions expressed may not reflect those of Zach's investment research as a whole.